0: Hey, this is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, Dave, and occasionally a special guest here to talk about the club that we love, Tottenham Hotspur. Come on, you Spurs. Let's go. Hey, this is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve,
1: Dave. Mike, how are you doing? Um, <clears throat> I'm doing pretty well, Dave. Um, I had a great weekend. What I mean, what a great fucking weekend, right? Um we had on on, on Saturday, um me and my uh, two best friends got together for the first time. And well, the three of us hadn't been together uh, for probably five to six years, somewhere in there. Um, so, I mean, it, it was pretty awesome to, to, to have happen, especially since we all live in the same state, but you know, different circumstances have kept us apart and uh And it was pretty amazing to me because the the previous week, my dad had been out to Vegas to visit a couple of his best friends from high school. And they were like the three running, you know, they're, they're, they're like a crew just like uh, myself and my, uh, my friends Brennan and Peter were. Um, So it was amazing having, uh, having the time with them and uh, catching up with them. We went ax throwing. I don't know if you've ever done this, but ax throwing is fucking awesome. It's, it's, uh, it's the most Viking thing you can do. And, uh, <laughs> just for that special occasion, I wore my, uh, Hoiberg beer, uh, t-shirt that, uh, uh from, uh, beers from the lane that you can get on beers from the lane. Uh, my wife got that for me for Christmas. Uh, and, um, so I, just for that occasion, I, I got that, I uh, had that shirt on and then we went out to dinner, um, an early dinner, uh, Thank God, because we uh, had a we imbibed a few drinks and had some had had a good time. Uh, Dave, your son, was our wait was our waiter. Uh, he was uh, pretty amazing and we had a great time there. Uh, we gave him some shit. He gave us some shit back. It was a good time. Uh, he's a good kid. Um, I'm glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Uh, on Sunday. <laughs> Uh on Sunday, uh, by the way, Gaku Ramen. If any of you people are ever up in Burlington, Gaku Ramen is amazing. Get the pork buns. It's out they're outrageous.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Gaku, we have an opening for our ramen sponsorship. So if uh, you're interested, we're we're here. Just give us <laughs> give us a shot.
1: Official um, ramen of Wicked Spursy. That's right. <laughs> the official ramen. Um so uh, on, on Sunday, it was such a beautiful day. Um my wife didn't want us sitting inside all day. Uh um she took Lily shopping, and Lucas and I watched uh, watched Spurs, uh, and then we watched uh, the ship bags from Woolwich um, uh, play as well. Um, and then uh, we decided to go uh, just throw our lines in the water, see what we get. Uh, fishing for some bass. It was probably the wrong time of day, but um, it was good to get out there, get a couple practice casts out. Um, I reeled in about a six pound bike. Um, that I was not fishing for, but those things, they're like the garbage cans of the, of the, of the lakes and ponds. They are, they're slimy and nasty too. Ugh. Oh man. And they, yeah. they, that's that fucking thing. Want to take my thumb right off. I'm telling you. Yep. So I had my son grab my, uh, grab my little lip clamps and I lipped that thing. I lipped that thing and ripped the, ripped the hook out, uh, very gingerly. Uh, cause I wasn't going to leave, leave the poor guy, you know, the hook in his face. You don't want to do that um, I do catch and release. I don't need, I don't need a per uh, pike. I don't eat, I don't really eat any fish. I'll eat trout and I'll eat uh haddock and that kind of shit. But, um, yeah, it was a, it was an awesome weekend. Got to spend time with my friends, got to spend time with my kid, with my boy. Uh, we had a good time. Uh, yeah. And so properly, properly tired out from the weekend and, uh, right into this week. And what a great, what a great weekend. I gotta, I gotta tell you, man, like, Spring in Vermont is just amazing to me now that it's actually here. Absolutely.
0: It
2: is. And absolutely. It was Steve. How about you? How was your weekend? How are you doing? Yeah. I, I got to echo Mike's sentiments. That was probably the perfect weekend in terms of weather, sun, mid sixties, a little breeze, you know, just to keep things a little cool, but, Oh man. Like I, I broke out the shorts for uh, for yesterday in particular. Granted, I did spend, uh, after the game, uh, a good chunk of my time uh, overseeding my front lawn so that I could repair some damage that had happened to it. Um, But no, I mean, I'm still riding this high that I got. And those of you out there who are parents and, and have kids, there is no greater feeling than when some stranger approaches you and says, your kid is incredible, and you know, my son, he's not even two yet, so there's really not much he can do to impress people. Um, but the way that we went to the playground a few times this weekend, and every time we always had parents who were like, "Wow, he's not even two. Oh my gosh, he carries himself so well. It's like, yeah, you're damn right, he does. <laughs> he's athlete in the making. Um, but yeah, it, it's incredible. I, I absolutely love hearing it and, uh, you know, then we get to come home and, and I just want to like shower him with, with praise and, and st- he doesn't get any of it right. You know, he's too young to understand when he's being complimented or, uh, anything like that. But, uh, he did, he helped me bake a cake yesterday. So I at least was able to give him a nice fun funfetti cake, uh, to chow down on after dinner. Um, so that was fun. And it's always nice when we, uh, bake things together. He likes to help, even though we end up making a huge mess uh but yeah absolutely phenomenal weekend all around uh and a great game to boot
0: that indeed it was mike i'm just envisioning steve's little boy walking around the playground like two years old shaking hands with all the adults making good eye contact saying like how do you do sir how, how do you do ma'am right just impressing parents left and right can you see it
1: i was uh i i actually <laughs> i had more of a vision of like uh you know, walking around with his chest out, head up in the air, swinging his arms like Conor McGregor, <laughs> like going down the slide and then strut and then landing and then doing the strut. That's like, don't, it. don't don't fuck with me. I'm yeah, that's impressive. Right.
0: Parents are like that kid's put together, man. Don't mess with him. Jesus, that <laughs> kid is impressive. Stay away from that guy. Yeah,
1: yeah, Did you see the way he landed that slide? That's right. He's impressive. That kid owns oh, yeah. that slide. No question. <laughs> Steve he's a cute kid, man. <laughs> he, he really is.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. All right, let's, Takes let's after do. his mom. <laughs> well put, sir. Always the right answer. Let's talk football. Steve, oh, what'd you see? How'd you feel? It was a nice day
2: on Sunday morning. How to? Uh, How did you feel about it? Um, I felt better in the second half than I did in the first, for sure. Um, he was very disappointed, David. Very disappointed. I, was in in that first half I could could
1: tell by the um
2: it well it's one of those things right like you and and we've talked about this whenever you're coming off of a series of disappointing results where you should have come away with three points but you know team doesn't want to show up you expect them to bounce back you expect them to perform and to actually put some effort in and and when that first half started and we were making mistakes and we were a little you know sluggish at times and and maybe we weren't quite focused enough you know giving the ball away too many times not quite getting your passes off it's like come the fuck on guys how many of these games do we have to go through before something clicks and you realize i'm a fucking professional let me actually put some effort in and 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 try to win this game um I remember, you know, we were sitting around uh, in our our WhatsApp chat uh, just talking about what we were saying. And and the general consensus was like there really wasn't anybody in that first half who shone, except for Romero, who was an absolute monster all game start to finish. Um, Every other player out there, they had moments of, uh, you know, where they looked like they were starting to wake up and then there were moments that, uh, maybe I'm going to go back to sleep and not pay attention to too much. Um, things definitely changed in that second half, uh, especially with the introduction of uh, my man Kulisevsky taking over for the incredibly lackluster Lucas. Uh, and I love that alliteration too. Lackluster Lucas. That's a that's a good one. That is uh, good. But no, Kulisevsky came in, he... I mean, there was a guy who must have been disappointed to be on the bench in that first half, comes out just completely ready to prove everybody wrong about him. That dude, the runs that he was making, some of the skills that he was pulling off on the ball, the two assists that he got. I mean, he definitely breathed life into that second half, made things a lot more comfortable and, and even, uh, Emerson who, you know, I, I think all of us were slagging off, uh, in that first half is a uh, great, another fucking two-star performance for him. Uh, he was a, a bit more composed. I felt in that second half, he looked a, a little more comfortable on the ball, uh, going forward, but mostly defensively, I, I think. So just that one little tactical change, uh, really open things up and make things more comfortable. We, I I felt calm at that point, you know, once Kulisevsky was on, we already had the lead. We, we started getting that, that second goal. We got the third goal. We could have had a fourth, a fifth. I, you know, there was just nothing in my mind that thought we're going to capitulate at this point. And again, I can't stress enough. Romero is an absolute monster of a player This dude, the tackles that he's putting in, I mean, I was I was reading comments from people who were at the game at the stadium saying that you could hear those collisions reverberating around the stadium as he just wipes people out, gets the ball cleanly and then just charges forward with it. Um, He's I, I just don't have enough superlatives for him. That dude is probably the best signing of the season for us. By a mile. And this is coming from somebody who just praised Kulusevski for his impact. And, and we can talk about the numbers that he's been putting up uh, since his signing in January as well. But Romero is, is a league of his own. That dude, he mops up mistakes uh, defensively. He gets forward with intent, with power, with precision. Can you guys remember the last time he got a card? And he puts in some heavy, heavy tackles. Um, but it's been several games since he's been cautioned i mean this dude seems like everything is going right for him and uh i I know mike in particular you're a big fan of his so let me pass the torch over to you let you praise him a bit
0: before you do that though but mike before you respond on romero steve i want to ask you the question do you recall when we signed romero i don't remember if we were managerless or if nuno had signed on yet but either way like we signed that guy with a with a Captainless ship basically and he's still signed which makes you wonder like is it prodigy right was he just the hey man trust me we're gonna we're gonna make something good happen here it kind of an interesting question
2: it is and and i mean i've got to give it to prodigy i think he's definitely the one who made that happen um and you know between between romero between kulisevsky and uh it's got me hopeful for what we can accomplish this summer. I know there's, you know, we'll probably talk about it later. There's been a lot of talk about the summer window, what's going to happen. But uh, yeah, I mean, with what I'm seeing so far in these three players, I'm I'm super hopeful. Mike, how about you? Super hopeful?
1: Yeah, of course I am. Um, <clears throat> now when he
0: came on, folks, you should have heard this guy when he came on. He was He was old, salty sea dog.
1: Oh my God. I I was full of piss and vinegar. I had a rough day today. (laughs) Um, nothing, nothing kind of went right. Uh, yeah, uh, it's it's something we could discuss at another point, but, um, fair enough. Be optimistic. You know, no, no. Yeah. I like talking, talking about this team is always some sort of kind of therapy for us. Right. Um, whether it's, you know, Holy shit, this happened this week to us. Uh, um, we want to we want to match uh, that that you know had a lack we had a lackluster lackluster start after a couple of uh, really terribly lackluster games. Um, thinking you know what what's going to happen? Are we going to fall back into the same fucking bullshit that we had under Mourinho? Um, Where we win like three in a row, get hopeful and then lose. I know the game is different. You know, we're actually scoring goals. Whereas under Mourinho, you know, you score a goal or two and then you sit back and play defense the whole fucking game. Um this is this is a completely different animal that we're dealing with here. Um it, it and it's important to know that, you know, you can't get down after a couple of bad results. I know we come on here and we talk shit and we talk about how the game was terrible and how the players were terrible. But I mean, I think collectively, uh, at least the three of us, we weren't, we weren't down on the team. We weren't down on the team going into going into uh, the final run of games, the final run of five games here. Uh, We, you know, I think we have reasonable expectations that said um, getting into the game. uh, What I saw Um, And I think I said it to, to, to the guys on the WhatsApp was that uh, Emerson at the, at the beginning of the game, the first five, 10 minutes, I said, Emerson is a liability on defense. Uh, He was, and then he kind of pulled himself out of it. You know, I mean, he has, and maybe it's uh, the Brazilian thing, but I mean, he has, he does have um, a kind of a, good understanding, a good working relationship with, with Lucas Mora. And, and, you know, I'm sure we were all surprised when we saw Lucas in there Um, I wasn't so surprised because, you know, Decky had had a couple of rough games, you know Uh, he didn't see the ball a lot. And I'm sure he was frustrated by that Uh, when he did see the ball. um, He, he didn't have the support there. He didn't have, you know, the cane and son running in uh, from behind. Yeah you know, to, to, to pass the ball off to, but he didn't see the ball a lot in those last two games. Uh, and that was partly because of the way that those teams played us, you know, it's in soccer, a lot of it, most of mo- most, of how you win the game or how you lose the game is, is the game plan that the other coach puts out there. And it's clearly visible on a soccer field, whereas like in a football field, it's not, it's all very small, minute things like um, defensive backs playing further up, that kind of a thing. Like, I I know that there's probably, there's probably that kind of tactical um, preparation that goes into soccer the the same way. But um, I, I think, I think to me in soccer, it's clearly visible. So those teams, the way they played us, kind of shut Decky down, but when you have a team like Leicester who didn't put their best team out there, who couldn't put their best team out there, it it, it shows um, when when teams like that can't put their best team out there, can't get the tactics right to be able to work with a team that they have. I think a Conte team was going to exploit that every single time. Decky was um outrageous coming on i i think that people want to shit all over lucas constantly um I, I well i know that they do and he didn't put in his best performance ever i think he his career might be done at spurs um if if they were smart they would sell him um but they have to have someone to to fill that space um i think Brian hill could do that bring him back but uh, i don't know if they he wants to leave spain now um what Lucas Mora gives you versus Decky, uh, and I don't know if it was Conte saying, hey, let's try this, or he was saying, hey, uh, just so you know, Deon, you know, you're not necessarily secure in your spot. There, there, There is a guy who works hard here. Um, But looking at the way that Lucas plays, and he plays – he actually plays very good defense. He presses very well. He comes up and he presses really well. And and that works in a Conte system. What Lucas does though, is he, he's a head down dribbler who doesn't fucking pass the ball ever. Right. Um, He's a, he's a head down dribbler. Can I get through this and shoot the ball? Right. Um, Rarely does he ever pass. Um, And that's not, doesn't work with a conte system right what what works in a conte system is what we saw when decky came on the guy the guy dribbles into the corner the guy makes amazing passes he looks slow he, he he's constant but he finds like these weird little lanes in between dudes um he that that passed to Sonny, uh, you know it was a little bit behind him and at the time I was like oh fuck he just fucked it cuz previous a couple minutes earlier he had dribbled deep and threw a bunch of dudes and uh, made them look really stupid and then ended up slipping and falling right um, and losing the ball out of bounds. but when he came back and he he passed that ball to Sonny um, he waited he I don't know I don't know where he his field vision is crazy. It's got to be crazy because if you watch that replay Sonny comes from like midfield almost. And he sees Sonny making that run, right? And then he gets the ball into him threads it between three dudes. And then Sonny turns wheels around and and, and makes the and makes the shot. But you know, Decky, Romero, Bentiker uh, had a kind of a mediocre game again, but I think it, it was better than his previous two. Um Romero though, Romero, Romero. Um, like Steve said, man. Yeah, that's all people have been talking about is how hard he tackles, and and uh, if you there, Brendan Rodgers in his post game. Um, they asked him if you know if those tackles were legal, how he felt about them. You know they you know gaslighting the the losing manager. You know, um, trying to get him to give them a, a headline. You know, um, he's like, no, I, I absolutely those are those are great tackles. What he was pissed off about was that his guys didn't make the, you know, didn't didn't win the ball from those tackles. Um, and, it, and it's hard when you're when you're a team like Leicester, who in the past few years, you know, past five six years, have been used to winning. But everybody, I think, everybody had a contribution to the game, you know, um, outside of. Lucas and Harry Winks. Uh, Harry Winks is done at Tottenham as far as I'm concerned. He's done in my head. I can tell you that. Um, I think Harry Winks was responsible for the goal that was scored. And I think Conte knows that. He doesn't really have many other options. Um, Hoyberg, I think, put in another lunchbox, lunch pail type of performance. Um, Harry Kane. Outside of the goal, I didn't think it was that great. He wasn't Harry Kane. You know, he hasn't been great in three games. So maybe he's still uh, hung over from his private plane trip to the to the Masters. Who knows? <laughs> but I, I, I love the game. I love the way that Spurs approached it. I love the way that they came out of the clouds. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it gets us hopeful again. But, you know, I mean, we know what's down the road here. And, and we're going to have to deal with that shit. He Sorry, I, I, I talked a lot right there. I blabbed a lot.
0: <laughs> Steve, wake up. Wake up, Steve. You with us? Kind oh, of right. huh? Sorry, Yeah, yeah. We, we, got him. <laughs> we got him back. We got him back. You know, when I think about yesterday's match, of course, I liked it. like the outcome. Um, Here are my thumbs downs, right? My thumbs downs. It's taken Harry Kane way too long to find his rhythm again. You know, and and he get he gets a header off a, a corner, and you know looks like he's he's back into it. But one thing that I struggle with with Harry Kane is like he's he's streaky that way. When things aren't going well, they don't go well. And when things are going great, you know everything is is amazing. Um, other things that I wasn't crazy about, Emerson Royal. Yeah, there, I mean there was a point on our on our WhatsApp chat where I was asking, would we rather have. Kyle Walker Peters still, as opposed to Emerson, you know, that's, I think that's, that's a valid question in the moment. It's not a valid question long-term, but it's a valid question in the moment. Um I'd rather have Serge Aurier right now.
1: I mean. <laughs> rather have Serge Aurier, kind of, kind of miss him a little bit. Certainly rather have Matt. Dockner. I mean, you never know what you're going to get. He's probably going to take his shirt off and show you his abs, but. Yeah. And he's going to get a red every two or three
0: games, right? Sure. And yeah. You yeah. have to deal with that. But, <laughs> you know, things I liked about the match. um, I liked that. Kulisevsky came on and, and showed the Kulisevsky we're used to seeing or, or comfortable seeing. I like that Sonny uh, seems to be out of his troublesome patch because when he's in a troublesome patch, you know, that's a problem. So he looked good. Um, I like the Bentonker was back in the game. I feel like he's been a little bit invisible the the, the past couple matches that we've had. I, I like the referee. Uh, Moss is a decent referee, a fair referee, even though he's not the fastest on the, on the pitch. I, I actually think, um, he calls a good match. I, I hope like, we get him more.
1: He's like your uncle. You know, he's like that uncle who's like, all right, all right, all right, all right. Stop fucking around. Stop fucking around. We had our fun. Stop fucking around. Yeah. Knock it off, guys. You let's, know, let's go. You know,
2: right? Dave, it's it's <laughs> funny you mentioned that because uh, like you guys know, I, I, I sit on Reddit, I like to look through all the, the different posts and content. Um, but one of the things that, that comes up after every game, somebody takes um, a, a, a poll, a Google form where they get ratings for every single player, including the ref, including the VAR. And after that game, they rated uh, John Moss as like a 5.4 out of 10. Come on. Uh, and I'm sitting there trying to think of like, what, what did he do wrong? Uh, and I, I, I'm with you, Dave. I thought he was he was lenient. He was fair. There wasn't any big controversial moments that I thought he really botched. Um, I can't think of a moment where, you know, he called a foul for one team but didn't call the same thing for the other. I thought he was consistent. Uh, I, my current theory is that those. Wait, wait matches, you need to
0: save this? Is it, is oh, this, no, this, is,
2: this is a legitimate one. Oh, okay. real Conspiracy theory. theory. Got it. Got yeah. it. My bad. My current, my current legitimate theory. Uh, is, you know, when, when some of these refs have, um, uneventful games, I feel like people maybe over scrutinize them too much. Like, especially watching premier league, you're almost expecting the refs to botch several major decisions in a game. And so when it doesn't happen, I think you start grasping for straws and you start thinking, well, what about this tiny little, you know, foul that wasn't called that's, you know, minus 10 points to his overall score. And it's like, really like that's a 50 50 at best. And yeah, he didn't call it, whatever. Like I'm not upset about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you may be onto something there, Steve. You might, I want to share with you before we go to our favorite segment or one of our two favorite segments. <laughs> One last th- thing I liked about the match that I haven't heard anybody say. Ryan Sessignon. Uh, here's here's what I saw. Last week, Sessignon was rusty. He'd been away for, for several matches. He had no touch. Uh, he was uncomfortable. He wasn't settled. What I saw yesterday was he was more settled. His touch was better. And he provided what I don't see Reggie provide, which is... Able to chase a ball down into the corner and make something happen with it, either by getting the cross in or or playing the ball out to Sonny or to to somebody else who's you know Davis or somebody who's coming up the up the wing. Uh, I saw Sesanyan that was more comfortable, and I think when Sesanyan is more comfortable, sometimes you don't even notice it, which is a good thing. Uh, but but he put in a steady steady shift, and uh, I think when he's playing well, we are actually much 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 better off, especially under the current current circumstances. I see Mike ready to respond, so I'm going to I'm going to give him the mic.
1: So I I I fail to I don't necessarily disagree with you, Dave. Um I, I just don't think he's the guy for the position. I don't think Reggie is either. I mean, um I think he's maybe more the guy than Reggie. Reggie I think is um a a good to very good uh left back you know, in, in a, in a, in a four man, in a four man, um, back, backfield. Uh, so, yep. Um,
0: Unfortunately he's not being asked to play that. Part I think
1: Sessa, right? I know. Right. And, and, and unfortunately he's, he's in the wrong system right now. Yep. Um, he was bought for a different system, right. And his contract is all about a different system. God, I hate saying he was bought. I mean, it's just like, it sounds terrible. And, and I don't like those. I don't like those terms, but, um, like I, I just think that, that Reggie would um he might be better off in a, in a different position, in a different system, and on a different team. Um, I know he's fully coised, cool. I know that he loves being here. Um and I I just want him to I just want him to succeed, and I don't see him succeeding here. That said, Sessanyan is a good backup, man. He's not he's not a guy who's like you said, like he's a guy who will chase a ball but he's you know he's non-existent right so you need guys you need guys who are going to be who if your wingbacks are there to um be playmakers and cross and and cro- uh, you know chip in these crosses into the into the into the box you need you need guys who are visible you don't need guys who are invisible during games even during stretches or patches during a game i just I don't like to see that. And and like I said, I don't disagree with you. Um, I think he's serviceable. I think he's a good player. I have a question about his injury history and I, uh, I, you know, I don't hate him, but I, 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 I really think that when we got him, he, he was much more of an exciting player. Maybe he will become, and he'll, he'll fall into that as long as he doesn't get fucking injured again. He, he gets these runs of like four and five games where he gets better and better and more comfortable every single game. Then he gets injured and he's like, oh shit. You know, he comes back and he, he's like nursing this injury or he's, you know, holding back because he doesn't want to get injured again. I think that's where his nervousness comes in. I don't think he's nervous because of the moment or because of the game or because of the situation that he's in. I think he's nervous that he's going to get fucking hurt again. And I think that holds him back. And it, it, that's not going to work out in a Conte system. You know why? Because Conte is like Conte is the, the guy who comes out of the corner and just starts fucking throwing haymakers. <laughs> he Fair is way. like, and, and you know what? He, and, and if you're not going to start throwing haymakers, guess what? You're going to find yourself out of a fucking team because he's going to go out and find somebody who will throw haymakers. Like, you know, and I, I love Sassanian. I do. I think he's an exciting player and he's young. He's still young. Just his injury history kills me, man. We need a left wing back. We need a right wing back. We need, we need Troy Parrott to come back and that's what I think. That'd be
0: a nice bonus. That'd be a nice bonus. Hey, let's pivot boys. But I, I actually, I'm going to change things up a little bit before we get to you, Mike, let's speak for 30 seconds about next weekend. Liverpool. I'm just thinking of how this evening's uh, segments are going to play out. And I'm envisioning that between the two of you, we're going to be pretty occupied with some, some randomness. So um, Steve, are you ready to give like a 15 second assessment of what needs to happen with Liverpool next weekend?
2: I mean, look, with, when it comes to Liverpool, you're going to be going up against a very attacking team that is going to put the pressure and try to exploit some of the weaknesses that we have in our defensive line. I, uh, We're going to be busy dealing with that. But on the plus side, our game plan is almost like handmade for that type of game, right? Like we will excel in these situations where we absorb the pressure and then try to release a counterattack to get something. I'm fully expecting a loss. I think if we get any point out of that game, it's a win in my book. Um, but my expectation is we just, you know, Liverpool are, are, are too good right now compared to, uh, the streaky spurs that we've got. I'm anticipating a loss. If we can get so much as a draw, um, I would be over the moon, but my expectations are rock bottom for this game, to be honest. Hey, Steve's going with a loss.
1: Mike, what are you going with on the weekend? Um, I'm fully expecting a loss that that said a draw doesn't do anything for us. So draw or loss, uh, it doesn't do anything for us. We need to win the game. We can win the game. Liverpool plays wide open. Uh, Man City played wide open. We drew with Liverpool earlier on in the season um, and earlier on in Conte's reign, right? It it was what is second or third game? Um, I don't remember, Um, but honestly, like going into this game, you have, you have the two top scorers in the league. Um, You have the top scorer from open play. Um, You have um, Spurs who are, who are um, the fourth best defense in, in the league right now. Um, You have a team that since the the since the Middlesbrough debacle has only given up six goals um, and three of those goals were from, uh, were from Ronaldo in one game. I think that Spurs have the defense to, to, to shut them down, but you have to be able to deal with um, with Trent Alexander Arnold. Like I think he is the linchpin and, and you have to be able to shut down TAA and, um, because if you shut down Trent, you're going to shut down those balls that that go into guys like uh, Mane and and uh, Mo Salah. Um We also always, always, always fail to mention that we have um, one of the top goalkeepers in the world right now. I mean, not just now. We have had this 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 guy for years now. And um, I think he always, Hugo always gets lost in the mix. We never talk about him when we talk about great performances. And, but he, that goal that he saved, um, that we all thought hit the post, was a fingertip save. That was one of the best saves I've ever seen him make. Um, I think that, that we have the defense to stop them, but anything but a win is a loss for us.
0: Right, I was I was thinking to myself that I'd be okay with a draw and that I would see optimism in it, but as I look at the points, Mike, you're right; it actually doesn't accomplish much, especially as it relates to Arsenal. Um,
2: well, it, it doesn't based on the current table, but we don't know how the rest of the games are going to play out. So fair,
0: very fair, very the fair. The only
2: other thing that works in our uh, advantage right now is Liverpool are traveling to Spain, so they've got their uh, second leg of the the semifinals coming up. Yes, they're up by two but it's a way who knows what's going to happen. Um, you know, maybe they've got some fatigue by the time we play them, maybe, uh, but they are a top team. They're used to being in that competition. I don't know that it, you know, there are some people out there who are, are banking on the fact that they'll be too tired to cope with Spurs. And honestly, I think that when you're a top team who's playing, um, in as many competitions as you can for as long as you can uh, without getting knocked out, you're used to that sort of quick turnaround in, in games. Yes. The risk for injury is greater, but I don't think these players are going to show up Saturday afternoon and start thinking, well, shit, I just, you know, we played four days ago in Spain. I, I don't think I'm going to give it 100%. I think they're going to come out here knowing that the title for them is still very much within uh, their reach mm-hmm. and they are going to push for it. So I, I don't see this uh, upcoming Champions League game as, as a hindrance for for them at all.
0: All right, well put, boys. Boy, that was the longest 15 seconds ever, Steve. I'm just going to throw that out to you. But anyway, we're going to go back to Mike. Mike, are you ready? It's time what for steve to ask you a question
2: mike you've had a shitty day and there's only one thing that can make it better where are your kids at you're gonna give you a hug or something or um you know can they give you a little bit of support and appreciation like what's the no, Lucas gave me? he <laughs> gave
1: me shit because he kicked because he was uh he was working on his footwork with a little little soft like spongy baseball and he kicked it up in the air and it went into my kayak which is hanging from the rafters of my garage so he got mad at me because i told him like oh no, we have to have dinner right now i'll get it later so That's i didn't exactly. get a hug from him it was the first thing he said it was like hey can you get the, my ball out of the kayak and i said we're gonna have dinner and he's like "Ugh," and he walked away all right well
2: in lieu of your family being i love, I love, and love and my son but man How about this? How about this? Since since your family's not doing it for you, how about you tell me, uh, hey, Mike, what you drinking? Oh, well, Steve. God, I love it when you do that.
0: He does. He he loves it when you do that. Well, Steve.
1: (laughs) Um, Tonight, I have an offering. Uh, I've
2: actually. um, He's got 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 an offering, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Is there going to be a sacrifice involved? I'm, I'm, I'm learning. No, I'm
1: learning the lingo. I'm learning the beer lingo. Um, nice offering? Nice. Uh, so offering. I, I've been, uh, I, I bought this. So I thought I'm on the extra inch discord, they have a beer thread. Uh, I, I'm, I may have been responsible for that. I don't know. I don't remember if I was the one who started it or I was posting and somebody said, Hey, maybe Wendy said, Hey, let's make a beer thread. Um, because I wouldn't shut up. Um, <laughs> But somebody had posted a, a, a picture of uh, the Sequench dogfish head. Was that you, Dave? No, that wasn't you.
0: No, but I commented like that's a good one, you know, something like yeah, that. Yeah,
1: it might have been Steven, somebody, one of those guys. Um, but um, I went to the store and I said, oh, man, they have a mix pack with the Sequench in it. And then I found a couple of other beers. that had like a, a low calorie IPA, session IPA, which was actually really good and they're because they're usually shit. Um, it was actually really good. Um, they had this other one called Hazy O, which is a hazy IPA, but it's made with oats and oat milk, and that was super interesting. But this one, because and I, it, it caught me because this is uh, our, our new our new thing where we uh, compare the beer to music, to a song. This one is uh, Dogfish Head. It's beer to drink music to. And the can is super cool. It's got the dogfish head logo and the and the writing uh, on there. But it's uh, it looks like a like a record. Uh, Steve, that uh, uh, I don't know if you know what a record is.
2: Excuse me. it's made, I it's made, of, vi- it's made of vinyl. <laughs> vinyl
1: and it turns around and around. Has grooves in
2: it. And uh, we have a number of records, actually. Oh, it's because you're a hipster. I forgot. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so this is called Beer to Drink Music To. It's, a, um, it's an India pale ale made with peaches and Mayan sun salt. Docfish Head has known. Um, their, their old uh, tagline was uh, off-centered beer for off-centered people. Um, this comes in at 5%, 5% alcohol. Um, And on the side, it says our our music muse hazy, hazy IPA brewed with pureed peaches, tropical hops, and Mayan sun sea salt. Let's get into this. Man, that was a good one. That sounds so nice. All right, let's see how it pours. Oh, boy, here we go. It is pouring. It's. All right. It's pouring hazy. It's got kind of like this nice little kind of golden color to it. Pretty, pretty interesting looking. It's not really amber. It's definitely very like old gold looking like a Notre Dame football helmet, David. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I see it. I got it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I poured it perfectly. It's got a nice little head on it. Uh, Not going to talk about the lacing. Steve, Steve wanted me to say lacing. I poured Um, it perfectly. I'm oh, gonna really? get right into this so we can. Yeah, so, right. <laughs> cool. I'm getting right into this so just so we can get to this music thing. Just because I'm, uh, I I I I got nervous about it last week, and I think I picked the right one. Um. So I'm I'm nervous about this again because I don't know what I'm gonna say.
2: I, I'm curious too because for whatever reason, just the name of this beer reminds me of uh, Queens of the Stone Age. So. We'll see if I'm in the same ballpark, or if you're thinking something completely different.
1: I'm way out of that. This is good. Um, Definitely, you can definitely taste the sea salt. It has it. It really like um, old timers. Sometimes when you see them in the bar, they'll put salt on the rim of their glass, or they'll put salt in their beer. They'll, you know, takes the bitter out of it. You can it really takes the bitter out of the, out of the hops, whatever hops are using in this. I don't know what they are, but it really takes the the bitter out of the hops. It has that kind of that sweetness of a peach and I'm not a giant peach fan, but, um, and I don't like, like I said, I, I don't like fruit beers, but, uh, through this whole process and this podcast, I've been getting into fruit beers.
2: This is really good. Um, so when you, when you say old timers, you know, you can just, talk to Dave like he's right here. I mean. (laughs) Suck
1: it, Steve. (laughs) Steve, Yeah. Um, (laughs) This beer's really good. Um, It's. Okay. I've got my song. Um, It's by a band called uh, uh, Television on the Radio, TV on the Radio. The songs called golden Age um it's it's it just has a, it's and it's it's not necessarily TV on the radio's version of that it is fish's version of that it's uh, my favorite fish cover um, it used to be a, a my favorite fish cover used to be roses are free uh, which is a wean cover but uh, this is this is Become my favorite Fish cover song, um, just because of the the way that they they interpret the song and the way that they do it. Uh, TV on the radio is very electronic and um, and uh, they kind of it's 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 a neat improv kind of that Fish does on their on their song, and um, it just makes me feel happy. It makes me feel good, um, and it makes me kind of want to sing. But I'm not going to sing, not this time. So, um, if if you want, I will put a. We can put a link to uh, Fish's version of Golden Age and uh, TV on the Radio's version as well, which is also a fantastic version. They're a fantastic band. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you making promises for the podcast editor? Yes, I am.
2: <laughs> Damn,
1: you're gonna put links in it. Well, I, I have hey, your
2: hey, end of my list. Dave, I will say. This might make your job a little easier. I'm not sure if Mike's aware of this, but video killed the radio star. So we there's probably nothing to do about the radio right now. You can just nix that. We don't have to. You don't have to look for it. You don't have to look for it, Dave. I'll send it to you. <laughs> All right, Mike's gonna send it to me. Perfect. <laughs> so Perfect. TV
1: on the radio, golden age. Uh, it's a good beer. Um, Three point six.
2: Ah, oh, damn it!
0: I was closest. I said three seven. No you know, words, Mike. Last week's beer. You know, Mike. I, I I'm going to give you a compliment. I hope you take this as a compliment. Are you ready for this? Uh, sure. I hope you don't. Better
1: buckle up for this one. You fucking nerd. That's what you're going to say.
0: No, I'm not. I'm not. I mean, listen. We we engage with each other every day. We communicate somehow, right? Whether it's sharing our wordle uh, tribulations or talking spurs or just chat about something, right. Or on the discord or whatever it may be. I'll tell you what, out of all the people I've met in my life, you know, more stuff about more stuff than any person I have ever met in my life. You have got the most eclectic random assortment of knowledge of anyone I've ever crossed paths with. That's legit compliment. I'm throwing that your direction, Steve. I mean, no offense, but Mike just has this like like when we when we were kids, Steve, there were these things called encyclopedias. They were books, right? And when I go That's to my grandfather, when I go to my grandfather's house, he yeah, had the World Book. I like that better than Britannica. But oh, I would yeah, just, World Book
1: is the way to go. Yeah, yeah.
0: I would just like lay Brown on the and gold. Like I'd like read the encyclopedia because what else did you do at your grandparents' house, right? Because Mike they had is, cool pictures of Mount Kilimanjaro. I'm I'm about to start calling Mike World Book because Mike, you you just have a, a hell of a lot of information about a hell of a lot of things. That's you know, my When I,
1: when my wife and I first started dating, she uh she she, she used to get annoyed at me because I, I have weird random facts because I get interested in something and I kind of just jump into it and I I and I find all the information I can about it, right? So she uh one day we were we in the truck and I was we were driving somewhere and I said and I was talking to her about I think it was the Grateful Dead. Uh, just a weird random fact about the dead. And, uh, she said, you're the keeper of useless knowledge. (laughs) So she called me the keeper of useless knowledge. Uh, I, I I have a couple of friends who are the same way. Um, and our friend, Brian, our our friend, Brian has a mutual friend. We, who, who is the same, uh, we, we are just kind of like, my friend group we we're all kind of like that we have these weird with this weird knowledge and and it's just because we it might be from because we're from Rutland but i mean <laughs> we have nothing else to do but find information about things but i get i get obsessed with something and i learn as much as i can about it and it you know it's in in you know sometimes it's spider webs you know and just offshoots here and there Hey man, you
0: know, those public service announcements, they used to say knowledge is power. So there you go, Mike, you're a powerful guy. Hope you feel good. And now, you know, and knowing is now, you know, that's exactly right. That was GI Joe. (laughs) All right. That has been, Hey Mike, what you drinking? Three, six, and Mike's going to send me a link to some, uh, some music to share. So we are on that. Steve it's your turn. Are you ready?
2: Oh, you have no
0: idea. So I think, Stevie, uh, your son may be well-behaved and may be an impressive young lad, but you, on the other hand, belong in a corner. And uh, I would like to know what specifically is in Steve's conspiracy corner on this beautiful evening.
1: Yeah,
2: we're getting real kitschy, aren't we? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Dave, I'm so glad you asked, um, because really the inspiration for this particular bit of knowledge that I'm going to drop on you listeners comes because of Mike and Dave here. So just this past week, we were talking about Elon Musk and sharing our various uh, (laughs) points of view about how we feel uh, regarding (laughs) Mr. Elon Musk. So that really got me thinking. It, It got, gears in my mind turning and you know you must live under a rock to not know that over the last couple of weeks elon musk bought twitter okay elon musk buys twitter was the headline for almost every publication right now the thing that you need to be aware of that headline elon musk buys twitter If you count all of the characters, including the spaces, right, you've got 22 characters that make up the phrase, Elon Musk buys Twitter. Now, for a particular soccer team to field uh, a a valid team, you need a starting 11, right? So you've got 11 players out there. You divide that by the number of characters and Elon Musk buys Twitter, you're left with two. Sun scored twice against uh, Leicester. that's two. So Elon Musk buys Twitter, 11 players on the field, two sun goals. But it gets better, okay? So once I noticed that, I dug deeper into this topic, right? So Elon Musk, he bought Twitter for $44 billion. As of April 2021, Tottenham Hotspur was valued at $2.3 billion. So if you do that division, 44 divided by 2.3, you get 19.3. Now, that in and of itself is absolutely meaningless, but that point three, that three, the number three, remember Spurs scored three goals against Leicester, right? So we'll just put that three, we'll move it over to the number of goals that Spurs scored. That leaves us with 19 left in that number, right? So considering we already accounted for Suns' two goals. So we're going to subtract two from the 19, and we're going to get 17. Okay, 17. Now, I don't know if you're aware of this, but the postcode of London, where Tottenham Hotspur Stadium is, is N17. Okay, so right now, we have made a pretty compelling argument that there's something going on here, something Spurs related with Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter. Now, I'm going to take this a step further. Elon Musk is one person, one. The final score of Tottenham versus Leicester was three, one. Okay. So I think we can conclusively say that this game was scripted from the beginning. If you just follow the numbers as I have exposed them for you, Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter is a way for him to let the world know that he knew the final score of the game before it even happened. Elon Musk is a billionaire. Now, who else is a billionaire? Spurs owner Joe Lewis. Also, the owners of Manchester City, Liverpool, Manchester United, etc. Therefore, Mike, Dave, all you listeners out there, we can without question confirm that the Premier League season is scripted by billionaires as a way to distract the working class from their they're insane greed. They aren't even being subtle about it anymore. Just just look at the numbers. There is definitive proof in the numbers that this is all a farce. Everything is made up before it even happens. And I, I just, we've got to start holding these, these uh, people accountable. I, I don't know about you but I I think there's got to be a march there's got to be some kind of protest the billionaires cannot script our soccer games for us
1: That's fucking wild Dave were you adding that up Dave? No, no. You weren't doing the math. That that's yeah. No,
0: I was thinking Steve like you you might have just jumped the shark, man. Like,
2: what what are you talking about? I just proved it. I proved it using numbers. Are you trying to tell me? Are you, Dave, I'm asking you this directly. Are you trying to tell me that numerology is absolute bullshit and anybody who tries to put this sort of nonsense together is out of their fucking mind? Is that what you're saying to me?
0: Don't tell Dan Brown that. No, Steve, I'm complimenting you, to be honest with you. I'm complimenting your your skilled parody this evening. This was um, award-winning, I would say. You know, it reminds me of this video that I watched earlier today on YouTube um, that made the case that birds are not real.
2: Well, obviously.
0: And that they are government spies to, to... to watch after us and, and your, your, your argument, your line of thinking kind of aligned with one segment in this video. This is a half hour long video, by the way. I mean, so, you know, they put their work in on this, like they had good data and solid research. Um, The, uh, the host asked people, have you ever seen a baby pigeon? You know, the premise being there's no such thing as baby pigeons because they're government creations who are here to spy upon us. And uh, everybody said, no, no, I haven't until this one guy finally said, yeah, I have. And then the next question, this is, this is the one that just put the nail in the coffin was, do you by any chance work for the government? And he said, yes, I do. And and Steve, you, <laughs> you just like, you just brought it home, man. Like you,
1: you just, you just brought it home. Dave, I just want you to know that I did order a t-shirt that said birds are not real. <laughs> Good for you. That's, that's fantastic. I, I, With like I robot eyes it. on it. No, this kid. This kid has has been going on like this kid is a genius. He's been going on to TV morning shows and stuff across the country, like local TV morning shows, and and spouting his nonsense. But uh, one one of the morning shows had asked him uh, the question: "Is like this is satire, right?" And and he's like, "No, this is completely real. It's a theory that I have. It's 100% real." um and in fact i have the data to prove it and she said, and the host says uh but you just told us before we came out here that this was completely satirical and he said i never said that you don't have that on camera <laughs> right so the the kid is a, the kid is a genius and I, I think he's poking it is satirical and he's poking fun at the uh i q anon and 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 steve that's that's the the thing we're we
0: are calling you a genius you're not an evil genius you're just a straight up genius and i think i think
1: steve steve and dan brown and uh the birds are not real guy got together (laughs) to craft this perfectly this. this perfectly uh round snowball of mush and goo that is this premier league season
0: Next you know, next I, week, next week Steve's <laughs> going to explain the flat earth to us and how that relates to uh hopefully a Spurs win on Saturday afternoon. I right? I I it has something to do,
1: it has something to do with Eric Lamella and Decky.
0: <laughs> Definitely Lamella, no question. I do
1: tune
2: in to find out. But look, he's look, a flat I, earther for sure.
0: No question. <laughs>
2: i will share this because this is a particularly funny anecdote that's sort of related so every saturday we have this uh this routine we walk down to uh red house suites in st albans we get ourselves a a nice little treat to go with our our morning coffee um and when we were checking out you know our total was 1969 and i made the classic joke you know oh great year yeah you know obviously i was not alive in 1969. Uh, But Natalie, my wife, she called me out on it right in front of everybody. Uh, (laughs) Oh, you got to make that joke. Um, And so I I felt like I needed to defend myself. And I said, well, it was a good year. I mean, we went to the moon in 1969. And without skipping a beat, my wife with the cashier right there looks at me and goes, you believe in the moon? (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Well done. She, yep. She won that one. <laughs> yep. I love your wife. I just want you to know she's
1: a wonderful woman.
2: It's true.
0: All <laughs> right. So, Steve, we, that was well done, man. I, I, there's nothing else I can say. I can't even have a dramatic reaction to it because it was just so well done. I'm speechless.
1: Mike, you agree, right? Um, I 100% agree. I, I agree with everything he has said Um, from the second we started Steve's segment. <laughs> What, three, four weeks, four or five, five weeks ago. But maybe we've been doing it longer. Perhaps, maybe it's been here knows. all along. It has been here all along. My maybe eyes may be opened.
0: actually, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's all becoming clear now. Now I understand.
1: So Steve,
0: Steve can no longer lead off. Mike always has to lead off. All right, now I know. <laughs> All right, boys, I think we are approaching time for closing thoughts. So, Mike, let's pop back over to you. What are your what are your closing thoughts as you wrap us
1: up? Um, my closing thoughts are going to be uh, um, possibly something that people don't want to hear, especially, I mean, especially Spurs fans. Um, All right. So, Steve, what are your closing thoughts? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Oh, let's, hey, you let's you give really want to tell us, Mike. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Dave's been drinking tonight, guys.
2: Yeah. <laughs> we all have. That's the point of this podcast. It, look, it
1: actually looks sunny at Dave's house right now. At um, my house, it's gray. Um, so you're, you're going to love this. Um, it, it, my closing thoughts are Spurs related. Um, they typically are, but um, sometimes I have a PSA and there's no PSA today. Um, today, it's just about um, Spurs and our kind of the state of our team state of our club um i think after we recorded last week we recorded earlier than normal last week we usually record on you know usually monday tuesday we recorded a little early last week and um the very next day the conte is leaving shit came out again um let's not pay any attention to that shit um I know that like people repost stuff and say things. Um, I've said I've said a number of fucking times that um, that Pochettino's not coming back. He's not coming back. Um, his his coaching career has taken a turn to where um, to a place where his his ideas and his system don't actually work with with superstar players. Um, his players won't work after Conte leaves here um, if Conte is given the players that he wants Um, Pochettino's not walking back through that door we we had a good time with him he was great great when he was here um, until he his system was figured out and he had to leave Um, that said Conte is not going to PSG he's just not He doesn't, he, he doesn't PSG. The only thing they care about is winning champions league because they know that, you know, all they have to do is kick the ball in the goal a few times to fucking win that league in France. The French league is garbage. Um, uh, It is Steve. I know you just giggled at that, but the French league is not what it used to be. Um, I'm
2: not disagreeing with
1: you. (laughs) No, no, no. You could, you could go there tomorrow uh, as the coach of PSG and win that league. Um, so Pochettino hasn't done anything brilliant over there to win that league this year. Um, still getting back to Conte. Conte's not going anywhere. Um, I know Fabramano came out and said stuff, but uh, in the end, this year we are finishing fifth. Um, that's the harsh reality of it. Um, if we happen to finish fourth, I will eat my words. There's still a chance for it to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. I think that um, this Liverpool match might be the nail in the coffin uh, per se, but we're finishing fifth. We're not finishing sixth. Uh, West Ham, Man U don't have have the ammunition, the guns. They don't have um, the will or the ability to win their their final games that they need to win. West Ham will be out after this weekend of, of, of top, of top five. Um, right now, all they care about is, is winning Europa so they can maybe get into champions league next year. Um, man, U is a fucking dumpster fire. It's a disgusting dumpster fire that I can't believe that 10 hog even wants to come in and, and, and deal with, um, they're worse off than Spurs were, um, when we hired Nuno, they're not, they're about as worse off as we were after eight, eight games. When we fired Nuno, um, I think Conte's got us in the right direction. It's just not this year. And, and, and it doesn't matter because in the end Conte Conte doesn't play in Europe. He's going to win you domestic trophies. He'll win you the league. He's not going to win your European European games. He got what? He got to the final of the, of Europa with Juve and he had fucking Ronaldo on his team. And he had Deke and Bentenkur on his team. Now I mean are, no, he did not have that. Oh, no, he, yeah, he did not. No, no, him. he had no. Okay. I I'm He didn't have Ronaldo either, did he? No, no, I'm too far yeah. ahead. I'm yep. too far ahead. Um but anyway, my my point is that he doesn't win European games. He doesn't care about European games. He cares about his league, the league he's playing in and he's won he's won with Juve, Syria, he's won with Inter Syria, he's won with Chelsea and EPL. He's not going anywhere. He's going to stay with us for next year. Um, and I think that Daniel Levy's going to pay up, but don't expect Champions League next year. Mike, I hope you'll forgive
0: me. Uh, despite you know, my I,
1: despite my my little boner, that
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I I fact checked I fact checked you there so that none of the douchebags on Twitter would have to do it for us. So I just wanted to, wanted to call that out and get you get Thanks. you covered there. You're welcome. Thanks a lot. I'm here for you, buddy.
1: I'm here. I for did you. get I did get into a Twitter fight this this weekend. This uh... oh, did you? What was that about? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, uh, uh, uh... <laughs> I was <laughs> defended I defended Bu- Bukayo Saka. So I just just so you know. I defended Saka because this knucklehead said that uh uh Spurs are stupid by letting Brian Heel go on loan and that he's going to be the best player in the world. So that's why you loan him out so that he can get better, right? Yeah, right. So he can get better, but he's not like he the guy the guy's point was that that Saka was shit and that Brian Heel would boss him because he's going to be the best player in the world, and I claim, and I claim that he is not better than Saka right now, and I don't think he will be better than Saka. Uh, Saka is a good player, man. I'm, I'm, you know, Spurs. I think the thing about which is weird to me is like Spurs fans care less about Arsenal than Arsenal does about Spurs. Arsenal fans, you know, care about Spurs
0: mm-hmm. for
1: some reason. They have this this thing where they just can't fucking let it go. We lose to Arsenal. It's like, yeah, that fucking sucked. This sucks. This is bullshit. We hate them. Okay. Let's move on. Arsenal fans fucking carry that shit.
0: We do live rent-free in a lot of, a lot of clubs' heads. Wouldn't you agree?
1: It's, yeah, no, no, we totally do. And it's, it's really, it's really odd to me that like the history shows that these guys were the fucking ones who came and. Into into North London, right? Right. They came from Woolwich, and they kind of moved their shit to North London and took over took over some of our fan base, you know, back then. So the history shows that they were the ones who were the shit bags. But for some reason, they can't fucking deal when we beat them. It, it they have real problems with it. It really gets on them. You know what happens to me? That's really shitty. I'm really upset for about, uh, I don't know, 45 minutes to a day. And then I get over with it. I get over it.
0: 45 minutes to a day. (laughs) That's good. Steve, what are are your closing thoughts, man?
2: Uh, I'll I'll keep this one quick because I really only have one. It's not Spurs related, uh, but it is important to me. So this week marks the third anniversary of a restaurant in St. Albans, the Drake Bar and Kitchen. Um, I I have honestly probably eaten there once a week, every week, for three years now. Uh, (laughs) So I can't tell you guys enough. I I love this restaurant. The people, the owners, the the chef – Phenomenal people. They're they're absolutely lovely. Uh, if you get the chance, if you're up in St. Albans, Vermont, you check them out. They do take out. Um, definitely make a reservation if you want to dine in. They've got a, a relatively small space, and they're quite popular, so they will fill up. But delicious food, amazing atmosphere. Uh, it I, blows my mind that they've been around for three years now, uh, and I. Really don't want to think about all the money that I've given them, but <laughs> I mean, when you like something that much, right, you, you go out and you support them. Um, and I hope that, uh, you know, if I can get one person listening to this uh, to give them a shot, that uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be happy.
0: To the uh, to the folks at the Drake, we, we have one opening left in our bar and kitchen sponsorship category. So if you want to reach out to us, we will uh, we will we'll be happy
1: to entertain. I'm going to sweeten the pot there. I, I I love the duck fat poutine. So good. So good. Uh, they also have delicious tacos. Yes,
2: they do. Yeah. So,
0: you know something funny, Mike, and I have some closing thoughts to share, but Mike, my, my son, Logan, who, you know, who uh, was your waiter yesterday or a couple of days ago, uh, he went up to Canada with his girlfriend a couple of weeks back up to Montreal and, uh, he came back and he's like, Dad, I didn't realize they they take their poutine pretty seriously up there. It's like, yeah, that that is where it comes from. They take it pretty seriously. It's just funny to hear from a 21-year-old kid, you know?
1: It's like Chicago
0: pizza, right? Nothing's like Chicago pizza, Mike. Or or, or hot dogs. Nothing's like Chicago hot dogs either. Your weird, your weird peppers. Sport peppers. Sport peppers. (laughs) Anybody from Chicago knows exactly what I'm talking about. I'm here for you. All right. Hey, here, here are my closing thoughts. Um, Mike, I agree with you completely. We're not finishing fourth. We're finishing fifth. We all said this last weekend uh, on the pod. You know, there's there's a weird set of circumstances where we may end up fourth, but I think we're fifth. And it's going to be fascinating when we do finish fifth. And what I mean by that is um, not finishing top four, Conte doesn't have his – oh my goodness, look what I did. I'm amazing. I took you from the dumps to Champions League, right? He doesn't have that argument because it's just Europa. We all know he doesn't give a crap about Europe, but um, Champions League has more weight to it than 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 Europa does. Harry Kane, you know, there's a part of me that says that that he's, you know, Conte sticking around is one thing for him, but the other thing for him in my mind is Champions League football. I think that's what he is banking on, so I'm really, really, really curious what happens if we're a fifth place Europa team and, uh, and Harry Kane doesn't have champion league football and how that affects his behavior this coming summer. I hope it doesn't look like last summer, but I'm, I'm unfortunately skeptical that it might, and then throw in the the combination of is Levy going to back Conte, you know, if, if is he going to throw all the, all the, the money at the things that money needs to be thrown at. I think there are some permutations of that, such as fifth place, but Levy backs Conte really firmly and Conte and Kane are happy and and we proceed and we improve, right? That's one version, but you change up any of those variables and you get like, you get different outcomes. And I'm really, really curious to see what happens with that. Of course, my hope is that uh, we're a better team uh, come August, September than we are currently, but I'm really curious to see how it plays out. And I'm contemplating like, do I want to turn Twitter off for the summer and not follow all the ITK nonsense? It's going to drive me crazy. Or just just rely on Mike to do some googling and tell me what's going on. You know that might be a a path to follow, but it's going to be an eventful summer, and I'm, I'm really really curious to see what happens. So, any reactions to that from either of you?
1: Um, I I think that Harry Kane, I, I Harry Kane's situation. Uh, I think that he has maybe been humbled just just barely enough to understand that. Um, any any reason that we would that Spurs would miss out on Champions League might have something to do with him. And and I think that Conte, if 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 he has any questions and he has that conversation with Harry Kane at the end of the year, would say to him, um, you weren't there in the beginning for this team. You uh, didn't want to show up for two of the biggest games that you needed to win in this season. Um, I think Conte has the balls to say that shit to him, and he might be the only one outside of Jose Mourinho who would say that shit to him. Um, I don't. I don't think Daniel Levy would talk to we we'll talk to Harry Kane that way. So I, I think Harry Kane stays on. I, I don't think we have any controversy. Um, I think he learned his lesson, you know, having the golf trip and the stupid fucking interview um, that he had last year. It was almost a year ago this week. Right. That he had that interview. Um,
0: yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Going into so, the last weekend, wasn't it? Possibly. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I think Harry Kane sticks around. Um I think he knows the implications of, of trying to be trying to go somewhere else. He's not going to go to Man U because Man U is a fucking dumpster fire. Um, I think that, you know, Holland is going to, is Holland is going to be in Man City. That's, they, that's what it's looking like. And then you have, what's the next best team, Chelsea or Liverpool, Liverpool set, you know, um and they don't need a striker cuz they don't play with a striker. They don't play with a straight up striker and and they just have Luis Diaz, you know. He's a striker. There's not a team out there out there in England who's going to pay for Harry Kane. So if Harry Kane wants to go elsewhere, he's going to have to go elsewhere in Europe. And I don't think he wants to do that. Fair point, Mike. Fair point. All right, boys, we're done.
0: We made it. Finish line. Well done. Uh listeners, we appreciate you. Mike and Steve, I appreciate both of you guys. Steve, what's your last quick comment before we go? Don't be an asshole. That's correct. And Mike, what's yours?
2: Boys, 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 boys. Be safe. Thanks, everyone.